Hey, Grace Family Church, how you guys doing? 2022, right? Man, it's crazy. God has a plan for all of us. But before I go, I'm so excited. I got like two hours to share in like 25 minutes. So pray for me because I have so much on my heart. I want to share with Grace Family Church because I believe God has given me a word for us as a, as a church in 2022. But can we welcome all of our camp? We started all the way out north with uh, Land of Lakes, man. Good to have you guys right here at Lutz. Good to have you over there in East Tampa, Temple Terrace and Ebor and back in Carrollwood and all the way down. And anyone who go to South Tampa, that's, yeah, they don't, they, they never come up here. But we never go down there. We love you anyway, South Tampa. And also our Clearwater campus. We're excited about that next gathering, of course, on the uh, 16th. If you got friends, man. Invite them out. It's going to be a good time. You know, 28 years ago, 1994, January 30th, Super Bowl Sunday. I remember it clearly. We started Grace Family Church. And we started in this little strip center on Gun Highway, my wife and I, and, and uh, we knew we had a lot of passion, a lot of excitement, not a lot of wisdom, but we said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to do this. Pastor Dale had sent us out from Calvary Temple, and so here we are, uh, first service in a little strip center. They were doing jazz exercise, like I said, and we had 85 people show up, and we were so excited. But you know, what, what really was amazing is I think about back then, the mission was crystal clear. Crystal clear. We wanted to reach people who were far from God because Debbie and I come out of backgrounds where we were far from God. We were not raised in a Christian environment, a church home, and people had to share their faith and invite us to to find, and that's how we found, found Christ. And I said, you know what? We need to make sure that our mission is always focused on reaching people who are far from God. That's one of the core values of Grace Family Church. But how many of you know that sometimes we all have to admit that we can drift from the mission. We all do. We can, we can kind of drift. We know what the mission is, but we can, we can drift from it. I know 28 years later, here we are, Grace Family Church, totally different because after three years, we are reaching 300 people, and Devin and I are like, this is awesome. But we are overwhelmed, 300 people. What are we going to do? We don't have enough room, and we're going to multiple services, and we got very uncomfortable. And you know what? God kept us uncomfortable because God's plan always stretches us. How many know God wants to stretch you today? God has a plan for you, and I'm going to talk about it in a moment, but God wants to stretch us. He wants us to go some places we've never been before. So get ready for 2022 because God has an exciting uh, adventure for you. But we have mission drift. And I have to look back and I go, am I as passionate about reaching the lost as I was then? And I can tell you, I'm being honest with you. I look at my life and I go, you know what? I'm not. I, I just, I get distracted. I'm, I'm, and this may sound funny. I'm busy being a pastor, but I forget that there's people that need Christ and in my, even my everyday life. And, and I'm just, I wasn't, I, I'm not as passionate as I was before, but I'm asking God in 2022 to light a fire in me. How about you? I mean, I want to, do you remember those days for some of us, man, where you couldn't wait just to, I mean, it, it, you know, if someone moved, you wanted to go tell them about Christ. And, and I know that, that from myself, I, I really believe we can't drift from the mission. Jesus reminds us of what the mission is, and it's in Luke 15. These are the words of Jesus. He says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Isn't it interesting? 
that the, that the, that the religious leaders have forgotten the mission. They had drifted from the mission and Jesus reminds them of the mission through a parable because they are not happy with Jesus because Jesus is actually reaching lost people. Isn't that funny? That they're upset with Jesus. So Jesus gives them this story, this parable. Suppose one of you has 100 sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. And then he kind of puts it right back at him and he's speaking this to you and I. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. You know what Jesus is saying? Listen, don't forget the one. Don't forget that one lost sheep. In fact, God gets more excited when a person repents than 99 of us singing a few songs in church. Now, he loves us to sing and to worship him, but he gets excited when one person finds Christ, finds redemption, finds forgiveness, finds eternal life. He goes, man, that's what gets me excited. And if that's what gets God excited, that's what should get us excited. If that was his mission, then that needs to be our mission. And, and we need to refocus, maybe to reset maybe our lives on this mission. We can't, we can't forget the one. You know, I, I wonder sometimes, I, I talk to people, they seem to lose their joy as a Christian. I wonder if one of the reasons we, leave, we lose our joy is we've forgotten the one. You know, there's no greater experience in your life than God using you in some fashion to see a person come to Christ. There's no greater joy. I mean, it fills you with this it's, it's, it's hard to describe. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering, is it possible that we have a condition with some believers where it's all just give me, take it in, take it in, and we're never giving out. And if you never have outflow and it's always just inflow, there's a problem. That's called spiritual constipation. Yeah, I said that in church. But I mean, how much more do we have to receive before we want to, to pour back out? I mean, listen, we cannot forget where we come from. I cannot forget my early days. I was far from God and God forbid I forget what other people maybe are feeling like or what's going through, what's going through their lives. Just don't forget where we've come from, amen? Let's don't forget that. And so I know that the God's plan for us is to be aware of that one, man, not to forget the mission, the vision. In fact, your life is either a bridge, the way you live your life is either a bridge or a barrier to Jesus. You know what God's plan for you is? To be a bridge. God wants our lives to be a bridge, to be a light that points people to Jesus. In 1 Peter, it says it this way. 1 Peter 3.15. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are and always with the utmost courtesy. Interesting, when you really look at this, he is saying that the way we live our lives should be so different that people ask, there's something different about you. There's something amazing about you. There's something about the way you live, the way you, the, way, the way you manage your life, your marriage, your children, the way you work, your work ethic. There's something that is, that's, that's influencing me. There, there's something different. Can I ask you some questions? That's really, our lives should be different so much. Not weird. I'm not talking about being weirdo Christian. 
But I'm talking about when your life is so different that people ask you questions. When's the last time? And I'm asking myself, when's the last time someone stopped you and asked you a question? Man, there's something about you. You see, when they ask questions, then we get to give a response, right? And it says, how, what is he, how should we do it? With the utmost courtesy. Not in some condescending, self-righteous, religious way, but with humility and transparency. So when someone asks, we, we we, that's how we'd share with them. I know when I first came to Christ, and, and man, I was, uh, you know, basically a hellraiser in Tampa. I was out, you know, 19 years old. I was, you know, partying every night of the week, and, and, and I had this conversion. You know, I told you, the girl that led me to Christ, and after, after that, man, I mean, my life totally changed. I went from going to bars five nights a week to going to church two or three nights a week. And my mom was like, what's going on with you? And so my, my mom sat me down and said, What's, what, what is going on? And, and I didn't use the utmost courtesy. I said, Mom, I was so on fire and, and, and full of passion but not wisdom. I said, Mom, you don't understand. You're going to hell if you don't accept Jesus. <laughs> now, that wasn't the best introduction to Christianity. It wasn't the best introduction for me in that moment for my mom. I kind of muddied the fishing hole if you know what I'm talking about. But, man, we, we need to know that our life is either a bridge or a barrier. In Matthew 5, 13 through 16, it says this, Jesus speaking again. He says, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Let me tell you God's plan for you. God's plan for you is to be an influence. Wherever you are, whoever you make contact with, God says, we're the salt of the earth. We're the ones that bring out the, the flavors of God. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness think about that and if we've lost our influence if you've lost your usefulness you will end up in the garbage God's purpose God's plan is for us to be the ones who influence others not us being influenced by culture God's called us to be the light God's called us to be the influencers God's called us to be the ones that leads the way how many of you know that we're not followers we're supposed to be leaders he goes on and says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going, to, we're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I am putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. What's God's plan for us in 2022? We can't hide our light. We can't be intimidated. We can't be the ones that are, that are afraid and, and timid. God's calling us to boldness. God's calling us not to be brash, but to be bold, to be proud of what he's done and how he's transformed our lives. And maybe we don't have to have a lot of theology, but we can tell our story of what God has done in our lives. So that's, I believe that. I believe God is calling us to be this, this light in the world. Then he goes on and says, keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You prompt people to open up with God. This generous father in heaven. I want to tell you something. When we let, we let our light shine by the way we live our lives and when people see our good works, not that we're perfect, none of us are perfect, but they see something different 
They see something genuine. They see something real. They see a person of transparency. They, they see a person of humility and not self-righteousness. I want to tell you something, that attracts people. They want to ask questions. But I, I, I ask myself this, when's the last time someone asked you, man, there's something different about your life? The third part of this that I really believe that we partner with God. God's plan is to partner with us. He has a plan for to reach people, the lost people of our world, but he wants us to be a part of that plan. In fact, it says in 1 Corinthians, so neither the, uh, no, let's start at verse six. You're gonna put it up there, verse six. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God is making it grow. So neither one who plants nor the one who waters uh, is anything, but only God makes things grow. How many know God's the only one that makes it grow? Guys, the good, the, the, here's what we gotta understand. I can't save anybody. I can't convert anybody. I can be a partner with God. I can be the one that plants the seed, but God is the one that makes it grow. I plant the seed, someone else waters it, but God is the one that brings conviction. God is the one that saves. God is the only one that can do it, but he wants us to partner with him. That's God's plan for you, to, to join in this, this partnership of reaching a world. And it says, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. I love that, that we, we partner with God. Jesus, again, in Matthew 4, 19, verses that many of us are familiar with, says this. Then he said to them, talking to his disciples and to you and I, follow me and I will make you rich. Follow me and you're gonna have a wonderful life. Follow me and it's gonna be a Caribbean cruise. No, he says, follow me. Here's what I'm gonna do, your main purpose, follow me and I'm gonna make you fishers of men. I'm, I, I just think that we drift from the mission. And I understand how crazy busy we all are, man. Our, our, our eight to five, our jobs, I mean, we, 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 we're, we're, we're busy with our lives, but we can't lose the focus that in our busyness, God wants us to still make room and margin and sensitivity to those who maybe need to be reached. You know, I mean, God wants to use us in our everyday lives. We don't have to go to Africa to reach someone for Jesus. In our everyday lives, he can do that. And you know what I realize? It's not about your ability. Some people think, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say to people. I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know the Bible that well. They may ask me a question, and, and I don't know. I may not know the answer. Well, here's what you do when you don't know the answer. You say, I don't know. I don't know, but I'll find out for you. You know, it's amazing, the woman at the well that Jesus ministered to, many of us know that story, the Samaritan woman. Jesus at the well, he's having this conversation. And in the conversation, she goes, yeah, I kind of want some of that living water you're talking about. And he says, okay, uh, go and get your husband. She goes, well, yeah, I'm not married. He goes, I know you've been married five times and a man you're with now, you're not married to. And she goes, ooh, I perceive that you're a prophet. And in that moment, she realizes who Jesus is and Jesus touches her life. You know what she does? Zero uh, ability. She's, she's still trying to figure life out. She goes back to her town of Samaria. He goes, hey, I've met the Messiah. Come and see. That's all she said. She didn't have her theology. He goes, hey, I've, I've met him. Come and see. They said the whole town came out that met Jesus. Jesus stayed there two days. There was a revival in the town of Samaria because of one woman who said, come and see. Can you imagine what can happen if each one of us 
Not with our ability, but with our availability when God creates the time and the moment and the opportunity to say, hey, you know what? Those are some great questions. I don't know it all, but come and see. Come and see with me. See, I'm going to get to this in a minute. When's the last time? I'm challenging all of it. When's the last time we've invited someone? Now, I understand we're fishers of men, and at Christmas and Easter, we fish. All of us, I mean, it's easy, right? Christmas, hey, come to church. But you know what? Fishing isn't just Christmas and Easter. God wants us to, to have our fishing uh, sensibilities on all the time. God wants us to be fishers of people. God's plan for all of us is to go fishing. And you know what? Let's, let's be honest, including myself. Sometimes we, we forget or we stop fishing. Some of you used to fish every day. Those early years of your Christian walk with God, man, I just, I'm fishing, I'm looking. I mean, a bush moved, you were talking to it. You know, but, but we stop fishing. Why do we stop fishing? Well, we get married, we have five kids or nine kids or we just get busy with life, our job. But I want to tell you something, it doesn't exempt us from the mission. We can't drift from the mission. And I'm, I'm going to challenge us to reset our lives, to refocus. See, our fishing is really our everyday life. I mean, it's, it's the fishing that I'm talking about is, is the circle of people you're already around. You have friends, you have neighbors, you have family, you have a workplace, you're in your school. That's where you fish. You fish where you are. And, and what I know about fishing too is that you look for fish that are hungry, right? I mean, you want, you want to find out where are the fish biting? See, that's what a fisherman does. They know the environments and, and they know where the fish are biting. In fact, Jesus said it this way, look out the, the, the fields are, harvest, are ripe for harvest. He goes, look for people who are ripe. Look for people who are hungry. Don't look for an argument. Look for people who already, there's something broken in their lives. They're going through crisis. They're going through something in their life. And you know what? They're searching and you know they're searching. You know, you can, I mean, you can just tell when people are hungry sometimes, can't you? My wife and I, uh, we have some neighbors a couple doors down and, and they've been hungry. We just tell they've, They've reached out, they've asked us questions, they've been to church with us a few times. And to be honest, we haven't been a good fisherman. I mean, I've been busy being a pastor, isn't that stupid? I mean, I'm too busy being a pastor, I can't fish. You know, see, we need to be intentional sometimes. When we see people, when we see uh, people who, are, who are hungry and they're on the hook, we need to reel them in. You know, and so my wife the other day, thank God, she, she had tea with one of our neighbors and sat down and they had more questions about God and, and life and, and Jesus. And you know what? Nothing happened. She didn't really take, she didn't go all in that day, but Debbie's planting seed, right? She's putting the seed out there and someone else is going to water it. And who brings the, the growth? God does. See, God just wants us to be willing. God just wants us to be available when the opportunity is there, when we see someone hungry or like Jesus, when he's walking down the road, you know the story. Jesus walking on the road, people calling out, Jesus, Jesus, there's thousands of people. And he's, and he's trying to figure out his next move where he's going to have lunch. And, and as he's walking down the road, he sees a guy climbing a tree. His name is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus so desperately wanted to see Jesus, he climbed a tree so he could see him. You know who Jesus picked to have lunch with? Zacchaeus. Hey, you? Yeah, 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 you. Up in the tree. I'm coming to your house. I'm having dinner with you. See, there are people climbing a tree. There are people already ready and ripe. There are people because of what's happened in 2021 and 2020 
Their lives have been shattered and broken by a lot of things, including COVID. They're insecure. They're, they're scared. We have an amazing opportunity to show them a mighty God, a rock, a refuge, a salvation, a hope, a God who is for us and not against us. Man, I hope that we would, we would get a hold of this opportunity that we have and, and, and we can be like the good Samaritan woman. Come, I mean, the Samaritan woman at the well, come and see. But there are hungry. There are people that want uh, to find out more and God wants to use you and I. God wants you to, uh, to, to partner with him. But I also need you to know, God, I want you to partner with us. You know, uh, in fact, don't miss that class on the 16th. If you're kind of new to grace or even been around a while, never been to a first step class, the heart history strategy, you'll connect. You'll find out why we do what we do. We, I'm going to tell you in a moment about our week, why we do what we do with the weekend services. You know, our weekend services, we've designed them with your friends in mind. See, what we do is not just for you. It's for uh, those who are far from God. And there's so many things I can say, but it's totally different than Wednesday night. Wednesday night is a great Bible study right here, but there's no frills. No music, no child care, just straight up Bible study. And that's great for some people. But there are others, they need, other fish need bait, amen? Now, we do have good bait on Wednesday, Tony Dungy. You know, he leads it, uh, the Bible study there a couple times a month here on the Lutz campus. But, but the weekends are, man, the weekends, we've designed it so differently. We want to attract fish, and fish are attracted by certain environments. If you're a fisherman, you understand that. And so we create certain environments on purpose. When you walk into, before you even get through our doors in our traffic area, we got people out there greeting people, loving on people, because people need to be welcomed. People need to be loved. No matter what background they come out of, we need to love people. Right? I mean, that's, that's the number one. In fact, I met a lady about, a, it was probably about a year ago, and she goes, I want to tell you why I changed, came to grace and how, how God used grace to change my life. And I said, oh, great. She's going to talk about my great preaching. Hey, go ahead. Tell me, how'd you, why'd you come to grace? Well, when I got on my car, the guy in the parking lot with the orange shirt on came up and just greeted me and welcomed me, and I just felt like it was Jesus welcoming me. She, and I knew this was the place I was going to be. Didn't say anything about the music, nothing about my message, all about the guy working in traffic. Amen? So, you know, it's an environment we create where it's a friendly place, uh, where, where people can feel uh, not threatened, they can feel welcome. Uh, it's a place where, where we have a lot of good bait, especially in our children's ministry and our teen ministry. I mean, man, listen, man, people bring their kids here that parents don't want to come back, but a lot of times the kids do. You know, it's, it's great bait. Uh, we use it as bait. How many know when you fish, you need bait? And so we have a lot of bait out here. We do things specifically on purpose, the environment. As someone complained one time, they walked in the lobby. Uh, we do it on Saturdays and Sundays when there's football games. Pre-service NFL today's on. Or our football game's on on Saturday before and after the services at the Van Dyke, uh, at the Lutz campus. And, and I've had people go, why do you do that? Because we want those who don't know Jesus to walk in and go, Oh, it's not what I thought it was. I mean, wow, now we turn off the game during the service, which doesn't excite some people. Especially when it's a close game. But, 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 the, but the key is we're trying to find common ground. We're trying to let people know, hey, we're normal people too. We watch football games. I, I think people have a preconceived idea of what church is. How many believe that? 
They've had one bad experience. They think everything's like that. And man, we've created a great experience at Grace Family Church. And if you're friends, if you would just say, just give it a try. Just come one time and I'll never bug you again. That's a great line. But man, everything we do from the, from the children to the welcoming, the message we preach is, is it's simple, it's practical, but it's Bible-based. God's message is holy and sacred, but the methods have to change. We provide notes, we provide everything so that everybody can follow along with the message, but it's Bible-based and it's based on life application. You know, a lot of people, they already know their life is broke. They already know life is broke. They, they need someone to tell me how to fix my life. And so the messages we, we provide are ones that talk about how we can overcome and how we can, uh, what God can do in our lives. Uh, messages of hope, messages that help us, whether it's in our, with our parenting or with our finances or with everyday life. But we do it on our service times. Our service times, we have all kinds of service times. Saturdays, Sundays, early morning, later in the morning, because fish bite at different times. And then we found out that people don't like just coming to one campus. We could never reach people in South Tampa or Temple Terrace or Orlando Lake. So now we have multi-sites. We have six, now seven sites. Become some fish, they just like hanging out in their environments. All of this we do strategically. But we need you, listen, listen. We need you to partner with us. What we do isn't just for you. I mean, it isn't just for you. God wants to use you. Just like the, the woman at the well, come and see. Come and check it out. Come experience it one time with me. And again, I think you'd be surprised. So as I think about all that, again, to think about God's plan for our life, I get passionate, and I know I'm, I'm intense right now, and I'm passionate because I want to tell you something. There, there's, there should be an urgency in our lives because there's a lot at stake for people. You know, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, I'm going to tell you how you can pray for your friends. And all of us should have a vision board. What I mean by a vision board is, who's a friend that I know God's put on my heart? Who's a family member? Who's someone maybe I work with or go to school with? Three or four names on that board. Who are they, Holy Spirit? Show me. Write their names down and begin to pray for them. And one thing you can pray that's really powerful prayer and it's worked for me because I've had family that was far from God. My father, my brother, my mother. Never went to church, but I tell you, the first thing I prayed about was this. Go ahead and put it on the screen. Listen, here it is. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. How many of you have seen that? You've tried to talk to them, but man, they just seem to not get it. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ. When I read that verse, I said, you know what? I'm going to pray against that blindness. And for right now, all over the room on every campus, I want to pray. I want to pray for that person maybe in your mind you're thinking about that eventually you can write their name down, put it on a vision board. But I want us to pray for them. And as we, after we pray, we're going to sing a song together. And in that song, I want you to reflect on what God is calling you to do. What is God's plan? I know for some of us, it's God wants us to be more bold in our faith. He wants us to, be, to relight that flame, that, that fire that we once had. But let's go ahead and stand on all of our campuses. Stand on all of our campuses right now. I want to pray a prayer. And you can just be thinking to that person as I pray. And we're going to believe 
that God's going to remove the blindness so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can be understood and received by your friends and your family. How many believe God can do that and wants to do that? Man. Father, in Jesus' name, I know you care more than we care. We, you care for that lost sheep. You care for that lost person. And God, we pray that Satan, who has blinded their minds, we bind his power to blind them any longer. God, the scales are lifted from their eyes. In Jesus' name, God, I pray that their eyes and their heart would be open to understanding and knowing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray, God, that their hearts would be uh, ripe for harvest. God, speak to them even now. Prepare their hearts. God, as you send us to our friends and our family, we believe you're prepared preparing their hearts, God. God, we know there are people who are hungry, God. They want to know you. They want to know more about you. God, use us, God, in our brokenness. God, use us, Lord, to reach others in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing this song together. Let God speak to your heart as we open our hearts up to him and pray through this song. Come on.